0: What is up? It's Dakota Laden here from Destination Fear, and you are listening
1: to the Paranomaly Zone. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, masses carrier!
0: Hey there, fellow zoners and paranormal ponderers. You are in the paranomaly zone, your weekly dose of all things you guessed it paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Koffenberg, and I am joined once again by my co host with the ghosts, the paranormal poster boy himself, the man who went down to the shady side of town, Mr. Mike Carbono. I have no clue what that meant. Um, hey, but it sounded good. You told me to rattle something off at the top of my head, and I did.
1: The shady part of town.
0: Yeah, the man who went down to the shady side of town. That is you.
1: Maybe I live in the shady side of town.
0: I don't know. Is there a shady side of Enderland?
1: Silence. Boy, maybe. <laughs> God. Yeah, come to think of it, I, I don't want to talk about it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a
0: seedy, <laughs> shady side of Enderland that oh, Mike is. my. Na-
1: oh, I was gonna say, uh, is it my neighborhood? I don't, I don't think so. I don't live in a bad neighborhood, do I?
0: I don't think so. But you seemed uh, befuddled. Now, maybe perhaps there is yeah. a portion that Mike uh, stays. He steers clear of uh, after a certain wow. time of the of the evening. It's like, don't go down that road.
1: Yeah, no, it's. I don't like going down by the river. <laughs> because there's a van that's parked down there and there's this big guy that lives there and he Aww. starts screaming out. Uh, but never everybody, R.I.P. And he throws himself on a table.
0: R.I.P. Chris
1: Farley. Yes, uh, absolutely.
0: Motivational speaker Matt Foley. Probably yep. one of the most legendary SNL characters everywhere or anywhere or of all time. All, all three that I just said. Anywhere, everywhere and all time. Yeah. Well, Mike, it is good to see you. It seems like it's been forever since we've been together for a new uh, topical episode. Last week, we had a just a blast talking with Dave Schrader. That was a oh, great yeah.
1: conversation. Um, Pretty awesome guy and a great interview.
0: Great interview. He's one of those interviews where... Um, he makes our job so much easier because you basically you you don't even have to ask a question and he's off for about ninety percent of the show, and then yeah. <laughs> and then it's like okay well see you later folks and but that's that's good no yeah. one you know when we have guest interviews people aren't tuning in to listen to us yammer on and well, on they want to listen to our guests so
1: except uh, valiant thor valiant thor listens what the hell oh. Okay. Well, no. Well, people listen to that episode for some reason. Yeah, I know. not that we, not that we need to go into a whole lot of detail about it. But yeah, that's a very popular episode. Yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, we've always had a very good, solid, steady amount of downloads. Um, you know, even back to the alternate rail podcast days. You know, I was pretty happy with them. You know, we then, of course, I, I do a complete reset without really announcing to our listeners that I was doing so. Like an idiot, I did that, and so we kind of started from. From scratch as the Paranomaly Zone, but uh, back up to the Alternate Rail Podcast numbers and the Valiant Thor episode for whatever reason has skyrocketed. And that that's pretty cool. As it's uh, it's, yeah. it's fun to watch that. Um, so if you listen to that episode and you enjoyed it, let us know.
1: That's it maybe was, whatever planet Valiant Thor came from. They heard about hey, it. And they are tuning in from long distance.
0: That's a good point. Mm. That is a good point. You know, Mike is always asking you know for updates. You know, I get those chart updates of you know how the podcast mm-hmm. is performing and stuff. Maybe there is like a universal, like a literally universal chart out there, Yeah. <laughs> where we, for some reason, uh, you know, Venetians are downloading
1: yeah. <laughs> the Valiant We're in the Thor top 10 in, in uh in the world of Venus. Yeah,
0: I, I'm not this, sure. This week, I'm not sure. If, yeah.
1: whatever. I was going to say some kind
0: of lame. I I stopped myself. Anyways, it is good to see you. (laughs) We're back. We got a good topic lined up for today. And as per usual, it's uh, fairly... Well, okay, let me backtrack. As per usual, it's another topic that we quite literally decided upon what, how long ago?
1: Hour? Hour and a half? Two hours? About an hour and a half, I would say. (laughs) Well, we had a, a, a direction we were going, but then... You know, as we're quite capable of doing <laughs> switching, it's my fault. Minute. But hey, it, it's no, my it's, fault.
0: It, say it. Say it. It is. No, I did uh, no, it again. I nope. changed my mind at the it's last minute. Fault, but that's okay. <laughs> I just wasn't. But we are gonna cover, See? we are gonna cover that topic though. And the topic we were going to talk about, boys and girls, was uh the Myrtles haunting. Uh that you know, another great story. Another great uh story slash case. Um very sad, you know, but it's fascinating. Uh, creepy, eerie, all that stuff.
1: So you didn't hear me call you Pat just a little bit ago?
0: I, I let it slide.
1: Okay, good. I, yeah. I worried after right after I said it. No,
0: I, I, I felt <laughs> I felt the the cold chill run down my spine. Yep. Yeah, you know, but I just I just let it go. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm all still all shaking a, sudden, a little bit. I'm shaking a little yeah. bit,
1: but uh, all of a sudden Patrick hears, it's
0: Pat. Don't do that. See, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that until you just said it. So oh, thanks I a hell I'm, of a lot. Yeah.
1: I apologize. Uh, a lot of
0: people say, what's that?
1: Hey, it's Pat. <laughs> All right, we're setting the tone for this episode. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but we were going to talk about the Myrtle's Haunting, but um, yeah, about an hour and a half ago, two hours. I was like, I just, I don't feel like I'm uh, well-researched enough for that one right now. I mean, we're both familiar with the story, but I want to do it justice when we cover it. And yeah. And then I was like, you know, I'm gonna peruse through my Hans Holzer book. Uh kind of the the second edition, because Mike might have like the first Hans Holzer book about all sorts of his favorite ghost cases, the ghost files, so to speak. Because my book here is the Ghost Hunter's Favorite Cases, Still More True Ghost Stories from Hans Holzer. And it's yeah, it's 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 just fascinating. I love going through this. And I one chapter has like over Thirty pages dedicated to the topic we're covering tonight, the Ghosts of Whaley house now that's a that's a name that is probably very familiar in the ghost hunting ghost adventures Paranormal landscape. I know the ghost adventures crew did an episode there way back like in two thousand and fourteen I believe yeah, it's. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if ghost hunters have been there or not. Uh, Listeners correct us if we are wrong. I don't remember them being at the Whaley house, but Mm. uh, regardless, it's, it's a fascinating, absolutely fascinating topic. And uh, it's going to be kind of a different approach. We'll give you a quick rundown of, of like the history and what went down at the Whaley house and why a lot of people believe it, it, it to be haunted. It's a, it's a haunted tour nowadays, I believe, isn't it Mike out in San Diego? It is.
1: You can, you can, uh, uh, I'm not sure what the costs are. There, are uh, a good tour through there, uh, during the day. And then you can also book it for a night tour, but I, ha- I'm not sure if it's something that you can go in like we did the Sally house or if they have staff there or what, but, um,
0: how do you feel know. about haunted tours in general? I mean, just be honest, how do you feel about haunted tours in general? I have my thoughts, but I want to hear yours first.
1: I think I think it's good because, uh, I mean, it gives a lot of people a chance to go in and see these places that are purportedly to be haunted, and uh, they might have a chance to catch something that they might not otherwise have a chance to. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for people that can go check things like that out.
0: Someone who is, you know, just a Interested in the paranormal and not necessarily someone who um, spends good quality time investigating the paranormal. Right. Well, you know, um, it, it's,
1: it. yeah, go ahead. No, you're fine. Just go. No, it, it's, it's good for the, you know, checking out that or you know, being able to try and check that out or.
0: I didn't mean to um, sound condescending. I'm worried that I sound oh, no, condescending. No, 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 on, no, no not
1: at all. Um, you know, the paranormal or the history or, you know, there's a lot of things that would interest many people there.
0: No, I, and I get that point. I guess I do have kind of a, uh, a uh, I was going to say sullen take, but that doesn't make any sense. Kind of a negative take on it. I just, I don't like the idea of gathering together with a bunch of other folks and being taken on a guided tour of, right. you know, okay, and pull, pull out your, you know, your digital recorders and, you know, this, you might pick up. Some, I mean, they might, you very well could, but there's yeah. this, you know, I don't know. I'm, Again, I don't mean to be negative. That's just my my feeling. I would much rather be there by myself or with another yep. investigator, and then that's it. You know, yeah.
1: There's there's no comparison between the two, definitely. But uh, um, but people do experience things on those tours. I there, you know, I've read stories where people have been scratched, uh, hair pulled, uh, um, grabbed, whatever. Um, so they do have a chance of experiencing something, but it's definitely not going to be like if you're out there. On your own, like you said, and equipment and setting up, and right, doing your thing, you and know. again,
0: not not bringing it down by any means, right. because as you said, it's a great exposure for people who may not often get chances <clears throat> to do such things. I mean, for you and I, it'd be great opportunities. It would be a great opportunity for you and I, you know, do something like that. Whoa, that's a ghostly sneeze in the background. Yeah. Um, but it, if I if I had a preference, what's that? Which I do. I mean, I I already said it. And, and Dave Schrader has a, a bunch of awesome you know, tours of haunted locations that are, you know, coming up that he's he's booking currently. And so definitely not (laughs) saying definitely not encouraging people to not check them out because please do. But it's just my personal humble opinion. So take it or leave it. Damn it. Yep. Yep. How are you doing, Mike? (laughs) uh, (laughs) I keep staring at your bulbous alien baby in the background there. God damn it. (laughs)
1: Yes, I've got my alien baby and Chucky over my usually. I see your creepy
0: ass monkey, but now it's the bulbous headed alien baby. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm distracted by it. I really am. It's are those eyes like? Are those literally like kind of shiny, glassy eyes in there?
1: They're just a high gloss, like marbly, shiny. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but my dad bought that for me not long before he passed away. I know. I saw it in a catalog, and I when he was there, or when I was with him, and uh, I got all excited about saying, "Look at this! How cool this is!" And and he said, "Yeah." And then, well, she's about a month later. Here it was; he got it, and that's awesome. Ordered it for me in the mail. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) But anyway,
0: well, you know, Mike, um, let's get this out of the way um, as well here. Uh, Cheap plug time. But not necessarily cheap at all. I mean, it's, it's something that we're passionate about. Of course, we're talking about the Paranomaly Zone Patreon page. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, you enjoy what you listen to, and you're wondering, gosh, you know, I'd like to help these guys out in any way I can. Well, there's no better way than to go check out our Patreon page. There are loads of exclusive episodes. Loads of exclusive audio and video clips of all sorts, but all relating to the paranormal. I mean, I, we could go on and on and on. Several exclusive sub series that we do with a commentary and breakdown series, which we need to return to. Mike, um, our you know our creepier features, creepy features. I mean, there's so many different <laughs> things that we're doing there. If you want to see us, you know, running around in cemeteries and haunted locations like the Sally House, doing our own investigations, go check out the Patreon page. We just recorded our 60th uh, exclusive, Patreon exclusive episode, and we're going to be recording number 61 here shortly. Uh, I want to keep it as brief as I can, but it would mean the world to us if you guys checked it out. You can check it out for as little as a buck a month, no obligations. If you don't like it, you can check out. That's great. We thank you for giving it a shot. We're having fun with it.
1: Oh yeah, some, we, we some absolutely. new stuff coming up that uh, will be there on Patreon.
0: Believe it or not, we're starting the new vlog series. We have four uh, short little video clips of any and all things relating to the paranormal. The last one we did, my brother Joe joined me and he shared a really cool the latest cool potential ghostly experience that he and his son had at the um, Babbitt school. In the theater there, it's really interesting. It's a short, like, eight-and-a-half-minute clip. Uh, Joe tells the story about what happened to him just this last weekend. It's really cool. I'd love to hear you guys hear your thoughts about that. Um, again, it's growing by leaps and bounds. Send us suggestions of anything that you would like to see us do or hear us talk about that we don't do here normally on the podcast. Send us ideas. If you stick around, there, there, there are Patreon perks. You stick around for a while you sign up for maybe a $5 Patreon page account well you get to have your choice of some art prints original art from me and Mike's going to get his damn shit up there too eventually good lord mike
1: yeah, get on it, it. it eventually
0: <laughs> um i i tell you there's something really rewarding about sending out those art prints mike i mean i'm not tooting my own horn here at all you know but if, knowing that people are not only listening to the podcast but they are enjoying it so much that they sign up for Patreon and I am more than happy to send them some art, you know. It's the Mm -hmm. least I can do, least we can do to show our appreciations. But to keep it, keep you know, keep it short. Too late. I understand. We'd love to see you guys try out the Patreon page.
1: Also, on the twelfth, we are planning another paranormal road trip.
0: Oh hell yeah, that is right. No, the thirteenth, isn't it? Thirteenth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it is.
1: That's right.
0: Heading up to um, Mike's neck of the woods again, the seedy side of Anderland. Or wherever the hell we're going, yeah. but we have some destinations we're going to be talking, uh, checking out. First time we've been together since the uh, the Sally House investigation, so yes. this is going to be cool. This is uh, I'm looking forward to it. A couple of weeks from now, I was going to go up there just this next Saturday, but for some reason the Enderland Inn is booked until May yeah. 13th. What the hell's going on that's in Enderlin?
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: You got you got some secret society I don't I forming heard there. Of anything
1: going on? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> hmm. I haven't
1: seen the town. Fill up with people or
0: nothing. That's kind of interesting, but who knows? uh, We're looking forward to it. We'll uh, be—I'll be firing up uh, all the equipment and making sure everything's running. And listen to this, boys and girls! I'm super excited about this. Mike recently discovered old video.
1: Yes, I did
0: from our ghost hunting days back in what 2007, 2006, or uh, I cannot wait, Mike. We need to to discuss this when I get there. Uh, I will yes. happily <clears throat> take those off of your hands and convert yep. them for you.
1: Um, hey, I'll, you can you can take the the little discs and you can take the camera, oh, gosh. all that stuff.
0: You know, I'm I'm kind of I'm excited, but I'm also kind of like leery about watching them because I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be judging myself so much and like oh my
1: yep. god, I'm a you moron. would. <laughs> I'll be laughing at myself. So oh, you go I'm ahead sure. and judge away and I'll laugh. I know, I got
0: you. <laughs> but man, that was where, can I ask you where you found them? And we'll get we'll dive into the episode here shortly. Um, we're sorry about that. Yeah, we, they were they we were stuffed anything.
1: way in the back of a closet in uh, in the laundry room. In the
0: laundry room? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. What else is in the laundry room?
1: That's yeah, crazy. it's all, all kinds of stuff. But our 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 paranormal f- uh road trip, um, just a little teaser. We are planning on going to a Military fort from the 1870s that has purported to be haunted. So, we're gonna see what we can catch there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Excitement um, segment there, and that's about like what? It's that's, that's an hour or so away from your house, I think.
1: No, not quite, uh, yeah, about an hour. Yeah, yeah
0: that's what I was, was kind of guessing. Um, I've always wanted to check that out every time I yeah. drive, every time I'm leaving, you know, Enderland. I have the. If I just kept going in one certain direction, I'll head right to this fort, you know. But I'm always anxious to get back and do whatever. But uh, not today, or not uh, on May 13th. That's going to be pretty darn cool. Looking forward to that. And that's just one destination. We have other ones we hope to get to. Will you stop chewing your goddamn fingernails? What's going on? Are you? uh, uh, Ah, Mike, you're. I got a hangnail. You're giving me a hangover just watching you do that. Okay, I'm done. I'm distracted by <laughs> your bulbous alien head, and now you're <laughs> your hangnail.
1: Oh, it's, been a, it's been a good day.
0: Everyone who's tuned in has checked out already. Yeah. <laughs> all they're doing yeah, is we get about, to
1: story. All they're doing is talking about their Patreon shit, and they haven't got yeah. anything cool. San Diego's scariest and most haunted place, One the of them. Whaley House. Yes,
0: allegedly, allegedly. There is quite a history to this place, for sure. Yes, Very is. sad history, of course. We're talking about the Whaley House. We're going to be focusing on some of the alleged hauntings. And as I was going to say a, a while ago, with this book here that I have, the Hans Holzer book, it's really interesting. I'm going to just be going through some of the entries in there. They're almost like kind of like diary entries from back in the 60s from people who worked there, you know, visitors um, who'd stayed there and— you know, and they documented what they had seen. It's really kind of cool to go through. Yeah, it. a lot of
1: great information. Yeah, absolutely. First hand story type stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I just I wanted to share some of those. That'll be the gist of the topic, is where I'll be sharing those experiences and then we'll talk about them. Yeah. Um, but briefly, the history of the Whaley house, the family history in the Whaley house is very tragic. I mean, lots of, well, let's just say it, death has occurred in the house. Um, some tragic. I mean, it's always sad, obviously, but literally some tragic when you talk about an 18-year-old, or an 18-month-old child dying, you know, from scarlet mm-hmm. fever back in the you know the 1800s. Um, people committing suicide, uh, being love hung, love people shooting yeah. themselves in the chest because they are brokenhearted for any number of reasons. Like Mike said, being at the end of a rope for thievery. Uh, what was his name? James Robinson, Yankee Jim. Uh,
1: jung- uh, um. I think it's Yankee
0: Jim Robinson, James Robinson, Yankee Jim. I believe that's Yankee
1: Jim. That. Yeah, I was going to say Jungle Jim, but that didn't seem right. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, my name is Jungle Jim Robinson.
0: Yeah, the story behind uh, by Yankee Jim is that he was a thief. He was um, this was before the Whaley House was built, but he was he was caught stealing a boat on that property. And, um, for whatever reason, I guess the punishment was death by hanging. So there you go. Yeah. Um, a lot of people claim to have seen what they believe to be the spirit of Yankee Jim, a very cantankerous, angry man. Some people actually have went as far as calling his spirit a poltergeist. Apparently mm. it's very active, very physically active. So that's another thing. It's kind of a head scratcher. Do you think of a poltergeist as being possibly this, the ghost? Of someone's passed on, or is a poltergeist a totally different form mm. of energy, you
1: know? Yeah, it's that's another discussion. It there. is, <laughs> it is, absolutely, it
0: is. Um, something to ponder for sure. But as we said, you know, if he was kind of a cranky cantankerous thief, you know, why wouldn't he be a cranky cantankerous spirit in the afterlife?
1: Maybe he was just uh falsely accused of thievery and they just wanted to hang the guy.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, let's face yeah. it, there was I mean, a lot of people were very quick to judge and in the most lethal yeah. way back in the day, you know, it's like uh, oh, I don't agree with you. Death, sir! Death to you. Yeah, yeah not good. I don't know. Well, the Whaley House is located in Old Town, San Diego, and by old town that what that means is that's essentially it's a it's a historical park. Um there's a area in San Diego that is Kind of a historical preservation where you know, older buildings are obviously being preserved for historical purposes. And I think that's kind of a cool idea. So Old Town, San Diego, the location of the Whaley House, built in 1857. Uh, it's gone through some renovations. I actually ex- experienced a very damaging fire that burned down what what was once a store uh, that was part of the Whaley House. The Whaley House has served as a couple different
1: uh, yeah, it yeah it, served a couple I different remember. purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: well, one was a store. Uh, help me out here, Mike. I'm 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 drawing a blank. about the other? Yeah, businesses I'm trying to think here. Um, we'll, we'll find. Yeah, it. We'll see, this how prepared it. we are. Oh, we'll
1: get to it. We'll we'll re- mm-hmm. we'll remember.
0: It's the oldest brick structure in Southern California. Did you know that?
1: Wait, no. It's uh, yeah. It's mid 19th century Greek Revival. A gorgeous house of red, gorgeous house with a red and black. A red brick facade See, I can't read it green window panes and white detailing hmm
0: well it's definitely a, so be- it's a nice yeah it's a beautiful, beautiful building huh? it was considered a mansion back in the day I mean it's still large but it's it's just it's one of those classic structures that you look at and you say I want to go in there I, yeah. in. I want to walk around
1: I watch it opened go. as a museum in 1960 actually's been a museum for a while yeah
0: yeah, it was you know the the house itself um, was it encompassed or incorporated the Whaley's General Store, and that was the part that burned down. So, I mean, there's physical history there. There's emotional history. There's violent history. There's tragic history. It's it seems like Ooh. it's something that is just built for hauntings. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. For lack of a better term, it's just it just seems to you know be bubbling to the surface you know the paranormal is just like okay perfect locale let's get to work
1: yeah i'm sure every once in a while they'd have a nice christmas but uh <laughs> usually probably not <laughs> you know they have some happy reason well yes of it wasn't the walls there yeah,
0: it wasn't like 170 years of pure you know yeah. Fire and agony. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's
1: a hellhouse with bloody walls and yeah. it's tools of and instruments of death and destruction. Okay, calm down, torture. Zach
0: Baggins. Just chill out a little <laughs> yeah. bit there. Um no, no, we love Zach. So we love all people who yes. are, who work in the paranormal field. Um we tease because we love. Or not. Paranormal well, or not. Right, exactly. I thought you were saying we love them all. Or not? <laughs> I thought they were going to exactly. No, and yes, we do love them all because we want the opportunity to talk with them all on the podcast. So. Yes, every one of them. <laughs> so, at the same time. So we, uh, Mike, keep your true feelings to yourself, okay? Okay. Now, the first, the original owner was Mister Thomas Whaley, and he had moved from New York out to San Diego, out to California during the height of the gold rush back in 1849. And he's the, uh, well, I guess the patriarch of this whole, not only the family, but the story. And when we get to the sad, tragic part of the story, it, it involves his children, more, more or less. Yeah. that Those, um, like I said, we're going to keep this very, 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 very brief here. Those who have died in the house Included daughter, Corrine Lillian Whaley, daughter, Anna Amelia Whaley, son, George Whaley, son, Francis Francis Whaley, daughter, Violet Whaley, son, Thomas Jr. Not, now, let me correct myself. Not all of them died in the house. Thomas Jr., 18 months old, unfortunately, one of the tragic deaths. Violet sadly committed suicide when a marriage started off quite sour. I believe the night after their wedding, it was revealed that her new husband can finally confess to her that he was not exactly a very faithful man. Lots of other ladies on the side. Um, scandal of Bruin. She couldn't help. She couldn't take it. Um, he left. She felt had and she couldn't
1: take it. He probably hung out at places of ill repute.
0: Uh, uh, more likely than not. Well. Yeah, more likely than not. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's just something that you can, as family people ourselves, Mike, family men, mm-hmm. we can understand the, the agony and the pain that went into this house just because of all the sadness, just of all the death. And it, you, you and I have kind of talked about, you know, the energy imprinting itself, you know, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. negatively, maybe, hopefully, positively as well. But emotions being able to do that. Um, exactly. Just I, an yeah, overwhelming, totally it. overwhelming sadness could. Just soaks into the
1: walls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Into the atmosphere, into the the air you're breathing in there. It's just. Yeah, saturated.
0: Good use of the word saturated, by the way.
1: Yeah, I usually use that in a not so complimentary way, so I was happy to use it in a in a good way. Oh good. I I use it in interchange with the word moist. (laughs) (laughs) So either way. It's quite moist. No, it's quite saturated. I need to pause. I think moist.
0: I need to pause for a minute. That word
1: yeah, that word well. <laughs> it like it, uh, it like
0: paralyzes me you know intellectually emotionally physically
1: that do it do, do like i do when you hear the word think uh, of a, the the best moistest piece of cake oh, and it is so delicious and good
0: see i'm not a fan of cake i don't oh, even I like cake, cake.
1: I like pie too.
0: <laughs> Definitely don't like pie. Not a just fan. Just think of, of pie. a nice
1: moist pie. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so the willy house, we need to talk about. Oh. God. Strawberry I mean, rhubarb. You know what?
0: <laughs> I don't know what bothers me more, that word or, or styrofoam. You know styro- styrofoam. I, I cannot st- Oh, I'm just I'm getting the willy's just thinking of the creaky crinkly sound of styrofoam and just like...
1: i thought it was i thought it was me saying moist pie that you didn't deal with that too well. that too yeah but i do know that sound that styrofoam if you like take a chunk and break it in half and rub them together <laughs> <laughs> that's not good that's the squeakiest crappiest <laughs> noise God I damn I it
0: oh you know as a fan you know as a kid i would, I, I would be so excited for christmas when i get like a like a new G.I. Joe vehicle. You know, I was so excited to tear it open, you know, but uh, they were all stuffed inside styrofoam protective cases, and I'd have to break through the styrofoam to get to the toy.
1: Yeah. Oh. You know, the G.I. Joe that I had when I was a kid, you know, the Jeeps that they had for them, the vehicles, if I had that Jeep right now,
0: <laughs> I even know. with my
1: G.I. Joe sitting in it like he's driving, I could fit every one of your little tiny two-inch G.I. Joe's. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah.
0: (laughs) Those are way better. The articulated arms. Oh, wait. A hell of a lot more fun.
1: Hey, the old original G.I. Joe's were so articulated it hurt when you played with them. (laughs) It was crazy. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Well, as we said, that was a very, very, very brief rundown. We needed to give it to you, though, just to give you a little background. Um, It's time to kind of whip out the book. Get yes. your mind out of the gutter. There wasn't whipping anything else out.
1: The the uh, from the holes or files that that we enjoy in these books that we have, right? Plethora of information.
0: Well, like right here, um, it is you know the the it's broken down in separate chunks here, separate sections, and this one is labeled. By persons employed at Whaley House, and that, now this is where the section begins, where these are all written down, documented experiences. Right. And so, um, half an hour, literally half an hour into the episode, we're getting, we're finally getting into it. Well, this part that is. So this first entry is from April 1960, written down at 10 a.m. And it is written as followed. By myself, June A. Redding. 3447 Kite Street, sound of footsteps in the upstairs. Goes on, this sound of someone walking across the floor. I first heard in the morning, a week before the museum opened to the public. Because as you said, the museum opened... nineteen sixty.
1: Nineteen sixty.
0: County workmen were still painting some shelving in the hall and during this week often arrived before I did so it was not unusual to find them already at work when I arrived. This morning, however, I was planning to furnish the downstairs rooms and so hurried in and down the hall to open the back door awaiting the arrival of the trucks with the furnishings. Two men followed me down the hill. They were going to help with the furniture arrangement. As I reached up to unbolt the back door, I heard the sound of what seemed to be someone walking across the bedroom floor. I paid no attention, thinking it was one of the workmen, but the men, who heard the sounds at the same time I did, insisted I go upstairs and find out who was in the house. So, calling out, I started to mount the stairs. Halfway up, I could see no lights.
1: You said mount. Mount, I know. Okay, well, I, I wanted to say something about mount as well. Yeah, we're just making a list here of words. <laughs> that's,
0: a, that's a Johnny Carson uh, joke. That's a Johnny Carson um, Karnak, the Magnificent joke. He'd hold the envelope up to his head, <laughs> yeah. and he'd surmise what was written, and then re- rip it open and read it. So he'd hold the env- envelope, envelope up, and he'd, he'd say, Mount Baldy. And then Ed Ed McMahon would go, Mount (laughs) Baldy. Rip it open, read it. What Don Rickles' wife is going to do on their wedding night.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Do our listeners know who Don Rickles was? I'm sure they do.
1: I'm sure. The the smart ones do. do. (laughs) Remember what happened last time when you said that? I know. The
0: moment I said that, I was like, oh, shit. I did it again. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You shall be corrected.
0: (laughs) So calling out, I started to mount the stairs. Halfway up, I could see no lights and that the outside shutters to the windows were still closed. Now, not all these are long, so don't worry. Don't freak out everybody. This first one is a little longer. I made some comment to the men who had followed me and turned around to descend the stairs. One of the men joked with me about the spirits coming in to look things over, and we promptly forgot the matter. However, the sound of walking continued. And for the next six months, I found myself going upstairs to see if someone was actually upstairs. This would happen during the day, sometimes when visitors were in other parts of the house, other times when I was busy at my desk trying to catch up on correspondence or bookwork. At times it would sound as though someone was descending the stairs but would fade away before reaching the first floor. So, I mean, a lot... Obviously, a lot of activity upstairs. Something is, uh, how do you want to describe it? Um, Is this perhaps a residual that's going on? Uh, The same sounding footsteps, both descending and ascending, but they, you know, occurs at all times of the day.
1: Hmm.
0: Is something kind of active up there, or is that something that's just well? Again, the word residual.
1: Well, could it? I mean, that's I, something I'm, I haven't thought of a lot about it, it. Can a residual be at any time over and over?
0: Nope. Oh, Mike froze up a little bit there,
1: so I'll, I'll time, time frame off. of.
0: Oh, froze up again. Hey, uh, Mike, I, I, I'm I'm talking over you because you have frozen. Okay, yeah, you are back. I'm so. Just- I'm sorry you froze up literally right when I st- I asked you the question. So begin. And you froze again. This is wonderful. This is so great. Okay, Mike, so go ahead. You,
1: you froze. Okay, now you're back. You're
0: back. <laughs> So what were you saying there? I'm sorry. You you froze up again. So it, it's it's I get the the wonderful notification that says you are mentally unstable. Oh no, you are your <laughs> internet connection is unstable. So Yeah. You want to give it a third shot here what you were saying?
1: I forgot. Oh. <laughs> no um wait okay so residual you know it is residual it's, does it happen at a certain specific time during the day or night it can it can be at any time I think it can be a residual I mean um just how much energy is there for that residual uh event to happen I mean if there's a lot of energy it could be maybe just keep going and happen you know quite often
0: Now, it's interesting, the latter portion of this same entry here, and we'll move on to, to others, obviously. She writes about, in the fall of 1962, she was engaged in, giving a, engaged in giving a talk to about 25 school children, 25 pupils, when she heard the sound of someone walking, again, the walking, which seemed to come from all the way on, from on top of the roof. Mm. It was so loud Old The one that...
1: Spring heel Jack.
0: Hey, good pull, good pull. I was so loud that one of the children actually interrupted her, asking what the noise was. She went outside to look up, down the street, up on the building, down the street, see if a workman from the county repairing the roof, but guess what, there's no one there. But the interesting part is that she says that residents of Old Town have been familiar with this sound, and says that this noise has been evident for years. So that's kind of interesting. People outside the building are aware of this anomalous hmm. noise.
1: I think it's I think it's residual.
0: Now this entry is from December, from Saturday, December 14th, 1963, written at, at noon by Mrs. Grace Borquin. Address two nine three eight Beach Street. She writes that was sitting in the hall downstairs having lunch when she heard again walking sound in the upstairs, but then she followed that up January 10th. The next year, 1964, obviously it was the next year, she said she walked down the hall and looked up the staircase. On the upper landing, she saw an apparition, the figure of a man clad in a frock coat and pantaloons. (laughs) The face turned away from her so she could not make it out. Suddenly it then faded
1: away. Pantaloons, what a great word Looft, pantaloons. Uh, <laughs> i I don't think I'd like to wear pantaloons. I was just
0: going to ask you have you ever
1: have you ever worn pantaloons, Mike? Uh, no, it sounds like something you were under a skirt or something
0: <laughs> I was going to ask you describe to our listeners what up what d- pantaloons are
1: I don't know, but I'm thinking that, that <laughs> they sound probably, fun, huh yeah. <laughs> yeah especially moist pantaloons
0: oh for God's sakes, man but anyway,
1: um. So do you do you think this might be the Thomas Whaley that uh, has created these residual or possibly residual footsteps?
0: The eighteen month old who passed away, uh, Thomas Whaley Jr. The eighteen month old who passed away, or I was, Thomas Whaley Senior,
1: the Thomas Whaley. Yeah, jeez.
0: Thomas Whaley died in eighteen eighty eight, I believe, according to my professional notes here, after suffering from a, a long illness. I don't know. I mean. It could be anybody. It could be any of them. It could be yeah. all
1: of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It could be something s you know, something totally different. It could be something pretending to be
1: them. I don't know. It could know. be a demon. It could be an elemental. It could be a poltergeist. Well, that word was mentioned earlier. That's, yeah, that's yeah.
0: Now this was uh this was an entry made by a, a Mr. Lawrence Riverroll. That's a cool name. River Roll. Who resides then in Jefferson Street, Old Town? This entry was January 5th, 1963. And he writes, was alone in the house, no visitors present at the time. While seated at the desk in the front hail, heard sounds of music and singing, described as a woman's voice. The song was home again. And it lasted for about 30 seconds.
1: Wow. That's actually a fairly good amount of time to be hearing that.
0: When I hear stuff like that too, I immediately think of, I use, I probably overuse this. I immediately think of like, you know, the the time slip type stuff or, you know, the, sure. the breaking through the veil where you're, you're, I mean, obviously it's paranormal in nature, but are you listening to, you know for lack of a better term the spirits or are you are you more or less essentially time traveling and hearing what's mm-hmm. going on at that particular time
1: well i think of that when i or you know when i think of the phone ringing that i heard that right. one time oh, in the that's, kitchen, that's right you know, exactly and it, it just you know brought me back to the story that i heard about the lady that lived there and was on the phone and told that her son had died and she had a heart attack and But, uh, yeah. That's
0: a great story. That's a great story, too. Yeah. Um, An entry two days later by the same Lawrence Riverall. And he writes down, January seventh, nineteen 1963, Visitors in upstairs. Downstairs, he heard organ music, which seemed to come from the courtroom, where there is actually an organ. Walked into the room to see if someone was attempting to play it. The cover was on the organ, and the organ was closed. And he said no one was in the room. So there you go again, swears that the organ was playing enough so that he goes and checks it out and the damn yeah. thing is covered up and
1: closed. So is that, uh, some spirit manifesting, manif- manifestation playing the organ or is that residual organ music?
0: Oh God. You know? Again, that's, that's a great question maybe residual i'm leaning towards a residual energy of some sort
1: very well could be yeah Hmm.
0: two more entries from the same man he had a lot of experiences here holy cow over the course of almost a year from january to september of 1964 this was january 19th and he wrote the museum was closed for the day engaged in closing shutters downstairs heard footsteps an upper part of the house in the same area as described. Went up to check and, of course, saw nothing. Those footsteps, man. What the hell? Now, his last entry here was, like, like I said, September 10th through the 12th in 1964 at dusk. And he writes, engaged in closing house, together with another worker this time, finally went into the music room, began playing the piano. Suddenly, suddenly, felt a distinct pressure on my hands as though someone had their hands on them. Turned to look toward the front hall in the direction of the desk, hoping to get the attention of the person seated there when when I saw the apparition of a slight woman dressed in a hoop skirt. In the dim light, was unable to see clearly the face. Suddenly the figure vanished. So that's another sighting of an apparition. The first one from, you know, she claims to have seen a man top of the steps, and now this gentleman says he saw a slight woman dressed in a hoop skirt. Hmm. Now, can you describe to me what a hoop skirt is, Mike?
1: Well, it's the very wide and float—not flowing—but it's ah uh, the skirts they used to wear back in the eighteen hundreds and be before that I- even. Where it had the hoops in it to make it round and round sure. at the bottom, and then they would get smaller as they came up to the waist. Yep, I got and it. you could actually hide in those if you needed to. I believe it, man. <laughs> like, like you could just sneak up behind the lady and say, "Excuse me, I need to hide for a minute." I got it.
0: I understand. You know. Now, could you could one hide in pantaloons?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: You know, just know. just. I mean, we know obviously it's related to pants. But I want, I want right. the exact definition of pantaloons. I am looking it up right now. Don't worry, I'm not going to. Good gonna idea. What waste. is
1: it going to be wearing on us it's, for yeah, a long time? It bothers day. me.
0: Pantaloons. Women's baggy trousers gathered at the ankles. There you go. Pantaloons.
1: Yeah. Uh, did, didn't they wear something like that underneath the hoop skirts, didn't they? Yeah, like that,
0: that's, man, I guess, I don't know. I'm not up to date on my 18th century, you yeah. know, <laughs> daily wardrobes.
1: You know about loons but not pantaloons.
0: Not pantaloons for sure. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the Minnesota state bird, the pantaloons? Yes. Uh, an entry birds, written actually. in September 22nd, I think 64 by a J Milton Keller. Is this interesting to you by the way, Mike? I think this is kind Absolutely.
1: Of I just hope it's interesting to everybody that might be listening to it. Well, that's very true, me too. That's hopeful. Well, if they're Hopefully if they're still here, it.
0: if they're still here, they're interested, right? Or they're 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 keeping their fingers crossed. Like we really want to like yeah, you guys,
1: they're just <laughs> holding out, waiting and hoping.
0: We don't want to hurt your feelings. We really don't. Yeah. Okay, this was entered by J Milton Keller from four one one four Middlesex Drive, it's September twenty second, nineteen sixty four, two p.m. Engaged in tour with visitors at the parlor when suddenly he, together with people assembled at. Balustrade, balustrade balustrade i don't know what that is noticed balustrade balustrade noticed crystal drops hanging from a lamp on parlor table begin to swing back and forth this occurred on only one side of the lamp the other drops crystal drops did not move this continued for two minutes now could that be anything could that be a Legit physical explanation, but we're picture a chandelier with these crystal drops, and only one side of them start to sway back and forth for over two minutes, while the other side, all of them, they're all separate, remain perfectly still.
1: Yeah, that's definitely says something.
0: (laughs) To me, that seems like something sitting there, you know, just playing with the one side. You know, just ding, 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 ding. You know, just messing with the ones that are hanging on and not bothering with the other side.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it. It seems too uh, uh, organized and definite of uh, something that somebody's doing. Would you like to hear the definition of a balustrade? Yes, please. Balustrade. A railing supported by balusters, especially an ornamental parapet on a balcony, bridge, or terrace.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. People. Yeah, sure. It does. People assembled at the balustrade. And, again, to one particular listener out there, if I'm butchering the pronunciation, I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Um,
1: <laughs> but, we're, but we appreciate the, uh, <laughs> uh, the correction, so.
0: Do we? Do we?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well.
0: Uh, another entry from the same J. Milton Keller. This is December 15th of the same year, 1964. And he writes, engaged in closing house along with others, returned from securing restrooms, walked down hall, turned. They wrote something wrong here. Turned with the key while I stepped into the hall closet to reach for the master switch, which turns off all the lights. I pulled the switch. Obviously, these are people who work there.
1: You're right. I
0: pulled the switch, started to turn around and step out. When he said, I don't know what he's talking about when he said. When he said, stop, don't move, you'll step on the dog. He put his hands out in a gesture for me to stay still. Interesting. Meantime, I just turned in time to see what resembled a flash of light between us and what appeared to be the back of a dog. Scurry down the hall damn, and turn into the dining room. <laughs> I decided to resume in normal attitude so I kidded him a little about trying to scare me. Other people were present in the front hall at the time, waiting for us at the door, so he turned to them and said in a rather hurt voice that I didn't believe him. I realized then that he had witnessed an apparition, so I asked him to see if he could describe it. He said he saw a spotted dog like a fox terrier that ran with his ears flapping down the hall and into the dining room.
1: Yeah, that's... Wow. He got a good, really good look and it had a lot of detail for him to describe it that way. So that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Now he obviously saw this. The other gentleman saw what he described as a flash of light. And the other person said it was clearly a dog. And so much so he's like, don't, you're going to step on the dog.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's maybe, Mm. uh, who has the more ability to see it more formed into its, uh, true shape. Maybe the one person could only see it as a flash of light. Yeah. Just, or, just like, just like you not seeing anything.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he could have simply not just been focusing. Maybe the other guy was looking right. down and he saw what clearly exactly. appeared to be a dog and he was maybe yeah. looking up or to the side and he saw out of the right. corner of his eye what seemed like a flash of light. hmm But that's crazy. Yeah. What the hell? Is, I mean, what's going on at this house here? I mean, is that, was that a family <laughs> dog? Um
1: Yeah. You know, with so much activity, I wonder if anybody has ever had the thought of a possible portal there. Oh, good one. <clears throat> well, you if know,
0: Mike, you and I are animal lovers. Um, mm. You you form special bonds with your pets. Oh,
1: huge bonds.
0: I mean, why, why is it so outrageous to, to think that if this was a family dog, that maybe when that dog passed over, he just didn't want to go anywhere else?
1: Yeah, it's where he spent his whole life, probably, and... Very happy.
0: Have you been visited by your cat that you said could come back at any time, by the way?
1: Um, There have been times where I I thought possibly because, um, and not that long ago either. uh, um, Besides the cat that I see in the kitchen at times, um, I was in the living room one time and I, not that long ago, like I said, and I saw a flash of what looked like could have been him and the colors that he was. It, but it wasn't there for long. It was just enough to you know notice it, see it and it was gone. Dang. But if that was any any possibility of a ghost of a cat of him, that would have that would have been it. so
0: and we continue a lot you know several entries this i'm I'm realizing now that this j milton kellner Keller. He must have been a a tour director because he's writing down all these experiences here. The ones I've been reading. That's why I was kind of confused. Okay. to why I was reading, you know, what he was talking about. He was, uh, you know, sharing these stories, uh, stories from a different perspective, but I see what's happening now. He's sharing stories that people experience during these tours.
1: That's what I was just going to ask. Is there, um, Accounts there of people on a tour. That's what I'm getting. Yes. So that makes more sense now. Awesome.
0: So this is one they wrote down May 29th of 1965. Escorting visitors through house upstairs. One called to me asking me to come up. Upon uh, going up, he, I, and visitors all witnessed a black rocking chair moving back and forth as if occupied by a person. it started moving unaccountably. Went on for about three minutes, caused quite a stir among the visitors. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) That would be kind of creepy. Now, I'm not I'm not poo-pooing this at all. I'm not poo-pooing it, but is when you hear stories of like, you know, rocking chairs doing this on their own, I mean, that could be it just could be any number of things. It could be a warp in the floor. It could be, I mean, the slightest the slightest movement of anything. Could cause something like this to happen. Now yeah. going on for three minutes and then suddenly stopping. I don't know about that being the explanation. All I'm saying is that is a possible explanation for that one.
1: It could be the uh the very large, heavy footsteps of Paul Bunyan walking by the house. Hell yeah. That kind of makes things shake a bit. It could be.
0: Or damn you know, you know what, Mike? It could just be a damn ghost taking a <laughs> leisurely break in the rocking chair,
1: right? And you know, and I think that's probably more likely. Yep, <laughs> and the Paul Bunyan theory.
0: I keep uh, maybe <laughs> Mike when when in doubt. Mike always pulls out his Paul Bunyan theory. <laughs> I don't,
1: yeah, when he's well, you know we're North Dakota, Minnesota. Uh, you know that's a big land of Paul Bunyan.
0: I just I I want to make that clear because I I I can't help it. I, I am who I am. I I don't want to continuously come across as a negative Nelly. You know, and always, like I said, poo pooing things because I am a skeptical believer. I am, you know, but I just, I have to look at the possible rational explanations first, you know. Yeah. All right. I
1: don't, the rational. Just, just don't ever right. say negative Nelly ever again. Okay. Why not? When you're referring to yourself, <laughs> especially, it's just, it, <sighs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, what would you <laughs> prefer? yourself Things like that.
0: What would you prefer? Um, well, not
1: Nelly. A. A uh, uh, poopy Patrick? Is that better? <laughs> there you go. Okay,
0: well, I don't mean to be a poopy Patrick. God damn it! I probably just started something. Listener's going to start calling me Poopy Patrick. Now. <laughs> no,
1: I'll start calling you Poopy Patrick.
0: I'd rather be called Negative Nelly. <laughs> of course, you can call
1: me Magnificent Mike, and you know, hey, okay, you can all whatever. go by whatever you whatever you wish.
0: Just kind of get control of that ego of yours there a little bit,
1: my friend. Actually, you could. Probably settle. I'll settle on Manic Mike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a great song by the Bengals. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> all right. December 27, 1964. Late afternoon prior to closing, saw the apparition of a woman dressed in a green plaid gingham dress. She had long, dark hair coiled up in a bun at the neck and was seated on the settee in the bedroom. A settee the settee, yeah yeah the settee.
1: that's how my english
0: grandmother used to in college. the bedroom you know it's really funny cuz i was listening to and i knew that mike cuz i was just listening to you know for the 900th time one of my titanic audio books you mm-hmm. know what? and they refer they're referring to captain uh stanley lord who was the captain of the california which was a ship that was probably less than 10 miles away from the titanic yes. as it freaking sank by the way anyways captain stanley lord while the Titanic was sinking. Went to the uh, like the map room and decided to take a little a little nappy time on the settee. They kept and they mm-hmm. said it over and over and over the settee. And then I butcher it just tonight. And I was just uh,
1: <laughs> anyway. That's ah, all right.
0: So the ap- another full bodied apparition. This one long dark hair,
1: well, dressed in a one... green
0: plaid gingham dress. Now what's a yeah, gingham so... dress?
1: Well, uh, you'll have to look it up. All right, go ahead. I'll look that up. Yep. Whatever. Anyway, so what's interesting to me about this woman in the uh, gingham dress and the hairstyle, this is from a whole different era, I think, from the hoop skirt ghost. So could this be somebody from like the 50s or something or 40s or who knows, you know? Hmm.
0: Gingham dress, I got to look that up here, just so we know for sure. Gingham dress, lightweight, plain woven cotton cloth, typ- typically checked in white yeah. and a bold color. So it looks, I don't know if Mike, you can see that. They kind of give a little, nope, my phone's too bright there. No. it's very. It, it looks like a checkerboard. I definitely know yeah. what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, so that's definitely not. That particular uh, design did, I should say. That's definitely not something from the mid-1800s or. You know, from that time period of when the house was occupied, I mean, at least the 1800s. I don't know. There's, you know, did people live in there during the 40s, 50s? You know, I can't remember what they said about that. But anyway, yeah. Man,
0: another entry entry from the same uh, tour director here. This was from February 1965. This one's uh, creepy. Engaged in giving another tour with visitors when two elderly ladies called and asked him to come upstairs and step over to the door of the nursery. These ladies, visitors, called his attention to the sound. Now, get this: that was like the cry of a baby, guessed to be eight, about
1: eighteen month old,
0: sixteen. They say they guessed about a year and a half, about sixteen months there old. There you go. All three reported hearing this crying baby. Oh my God! I just got kind of the willies there when you think about that.
1: So it went on long enough for these two ladies to 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 hear it and witness it. And to call somebody up there, and for that third person to hear it, hear That's it as well—fantastic.
0: I mean, mm. yeah, when it yeah, when it comes to a paranormal experience, absolutely fantastic. But my God, it's also sad.
1: Well, yeah. You know, oh, it or, is. It is. It is. Boy, oh, yeah. You know,
0: or is it? You know, may, I don't know. I hate to think of it being like the the painful wails of a eighteen month old child dying from scarlet fever. Maybe it's just right. you know. I guess
1: residual again. Yeah. Possibly. Who knows?
0: I don't know, but it's it's that's eerie. That
1: yeah. Anything that has to do with kids like you and I have talked about many times is, oh, yeah. is more difficult. That's why, you know, Veliska is gonna be extremely difficult. But
0: um the next month, March twenty fourth, he together with Mrs. Borkwin, we wrote about her earlier or talked about her, and his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Keller, engage in touring with visitors. When, for some reason, his attention was directed to the foot of the staircase, he walked back to the walked back to it and heard the sound of someone in the upper part of the house whistling. No one was in the upstairs
1: at the time. Yeah, this is just crazy. How much? You know, definitely, uh, it's probably more more than just San Diego's most haunted house. It's crazy. kind hmm. of stuff was just.
0: This is October 14th, 1964, through November 18th, 1964. During the morning and afternoon on these days, (laughs) October 14th through November 18th, called my attention to the smell of cigar smoke.
1: I was just going to ask if there have (laughs) been reports of (laughs) smelling things.
0: Um, Now, I was reading this earlier, and there's several people who talked about hearing or smelling very strong and clear odors coming from the kitchen as if someone was in there you know cooking away and mm. obviously there's nothing going on gotta
1: be that'd be so fantastic and that obviously would be considered a, a residual right you know the scents and everything the smells and-
0: Call my attention to the smell of cigar smoke and the fragrant fragrance of perfume or cologne this occurred in the parlor hall upstairs bedroom. In another bedroom she called my attention to something resembling dusting powder. Mm-hmm. Oh, what the heck is that? Something resembling dusting powder.
1: Yeah, good question.
0: I'm scratching my head on that one. Now, it's interesting that all this these odors and these, these fragranc- fragrances occurred during this like month-long period here. Yeah. From October 14th to November 18th.
1: There could be something very significant about that. Um and when you smell an odor like that that you know is a paranormal event i've had that happen I, I i know i've told the story before on on the air but smelling that old cheap perfume like something that your great grandmother would wear or something yeah. it was so you know like a lemon verbena something yeah. you know um but it was so strong and it came on so quick and then the person was sitting. Down on the other end of the couch, they got it after I did. It's like you know, it, it moved along, yeah. But it was just it hit so hard and quick, and then it was gone so quick. And and we both smelled it. It's like you swear that somebody's grandmother just walked through, <laughs> ready for Sunday go to meeting or something. I don't know. Just it was bad, but it's it's an experience that uh, it's very interesting and. You just know it's not normal, I mean, the way it comes, but.
0: I have a, I mean, there's there's so many we could share here, but we're already at an hour and I, I, I want to share a couple more, but briefly, just talking about smells, Mike, and the power mm. of your sense of smell. Did I talk, I know I talked to you about that dream I had yeah. about my dad oh. again. Now, did, did I talk about it on the podcast?
1: I don't remember. I don't but- think I did. It wasn't a dream. I'm, I'll tell you that. Very, right very, now, very,
0: very briefly. You know, as if you've been listening for a while now, you know that Mike had that very emotional, you know, connection with what you know he believes was you know, potentially the spirit of my dad, or you know, the lingering energy of whatever you want to call it—the intelligent energy.
1: I couldn't even talk on that one episode. You couldn't,
0: we had to literally—that's <laughs> no joke. We had to take a break. Um, <laughs> the, Mike had to gather himself, and then shortly after that, I had a very powerful dream. Long story short, where I know it, it was it was my dad. We were back in the Main Street house, the house on Main Street in Park Rapids. And what I remember is I was on the couch and he was on the chair. And he, I, I'm already fading. My memory's already fading. But the part, the important part is still there was where I know I went up and I gave him the biggest freaking hug. Just squeezed him so hard. And I had like my face buried in like his shoulder and neck area, just like squeezing him. And just, I was so happy. And I smelled him. And I'm not saying it in the weird, gross way. It was like, it was just how I remember him smelling. As odd as that sounds, I haven't seen this person since I was, I mean, ever since I haven't seen this guy for eight, since I was eight years old, you know, so that's damn near 40 years ago. And that smell just hit me in that dream. I mean, I got emotional in my dream because I was like, this is, this is you. This is really you. And it was just, it's really unique. And there's something about the, the, the power of the sense of smell. I think it really can spark memories that are dormant.
1: Yeah. God, isn't that, wasn't it said, or did we talk about that before where the sense of smell is close, is the closest link to memory or something like that?
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense to me because I have things that I smell that uh, that throw me back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately throw me back but anyway oh i know i got you um but I, it's um oh i just lost my train of thought but anyway go ahead well I, I was
0: i you know this is coming from mr skeptical believer but that one I was a moving dream that was very yeah. moving all just, I'll just say that
1: yeah and i'd like to ask the listeners too that um you know i don't remember smelling anything in any of my dreams how often does that happen
0: oh that's does a good, good question have-
1: has anybody had uh, dreams where they have, they smell anything, whether it's something strong or say you're having a dream of, you know, toasting, to- making toast or something? You smell that. And hopefully you're not having a stroke while you're sleeping, but um, like burning, whatever. Anyway, but you know what I mean.
0: I know. I do.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, Mike, this is a very interesting uh, entry. From Mr. Keller. This is November six. This is going back in time a bit to nineteen sixty-three, November twenty-eighth. Hey, Mike's birthday, nineteen November twenty-eighth, nineteen six wait, you're sixty-two.
1: I was sixty-two, yes. Damn it.
0: Well, you were this was you were one when this was I was one. Okay. When this was put to paper. I could have been there. Maybe you were there spiritually. <laughs> Reported the scene an apparition of a pasty white chubby baby with glasses. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: Um, well, there was <laughs> There was that one time when I got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, didn't turn any lights on, Mary came out of the bedroom, I didn't I see her, but she saw me, and screamed, Oh because all she saw was a white pasty yep. something wearing underwear, I don't know. God, I
0: wish I had the soundboard up right now, I wish I had the soundboard, because I have that great yeah. clip of you, pasty, white, ghosty. Yeah, oh, okay. that was so funny. In all sincerity here, reported seeing an apparition in the study. A group of men there dressed in frock coats, some with plain vests, others figured material. One of this group had a large gold watch chain across the vest. Seemed to be a kind of meeting. All figures were animated, some pacing the floor, others conversing. All serious and agitated, but oblivious to everything else. One figure in this group seemed to be an official and stood off by himself. This person was of medium stocky build, light brown hair and mustache, which was quite full and long. He had a very piercing light blue eyes, very piercing light blue eyes, penetrating gaze. Mrs. Pierre sensed that he was some kind of official, a person of importance. He seemed about to speak. Mrs. Pereira, I I think it's Pereira actually, Mrs. Pereira, seemed quite exhausted by her experiences witnessing the scene, yet was quite curious about the man with the penetrating gaze. I remember her asking me if anyone answering this description, if I knew of anyone answering this description, because it remained with her for some time. So that's, you know, someone stood out from this group that just didn't, didn't seem to belong there to this gal here. Some, you know, the penetrating blue eyes that didn't fit the description of people who were known to be there, right? That's interesting. Hmm. What was that when you? I read that about the mustache and reminded me of a naked uh, the a joke in one of the classic Naked Gun movies, mm. um, where Lisa Marie Presley's character is describing like an assailant to Leslie Nielsen's character. You know Frank Drebin, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she when she's describing him. She says, Dark hair, mustache, about six foot three. And he goes, That's an awfully big mustache.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that, but yeah, good <laughs> good one.
0: What's, you know, about six mustache, about six foot three.
1: That's an awfully big mustache. <laughs> and that's typical for that uh... movie.
0: Okay, quickly, October 7th, 1963, reported un- reported unaccountable sounds issuing from kitchen as though someone was w- at work there. Same day, this person reported smelling the odor of something baking. That's what I was re- uh, referring to earlier. On earlier. Uh, November 27th, 1964, heard a distinct noise from the kitchen area as though something had dropped to the floor. I was present when this occurred. She called me and asked what I was doing there, thinking I had been rearranging the exhibit. At this time... I was at work in the courtroom laying out work. Both of us reached the kitchen to find one of the utensils on the shelf rack had disengaged itself, fallen to the floor, and had struck a copper boiler directly below. No one else was in the house at the time, and we were at a loss to explain this. So, hmm. I mean, we're running short on time. I apologize, everybody. There's it, This is a huge it, chapter. There's so many yeah, examples
1: like this. It's countless and goes on and on.
0: But if you're interested, this book is called The Ghost Hunters' Favorite Cases, Still More True Ghost Stories from Hans Holzer. Uh you can buy it at Barnes and Noble Books, uh, probably anywhere your favorite books are found. Um man, another place we'd love to go to, though, Mike. The yeah, way that would be
1: awesome.
0: Um, the building obviously is still standing. It's still you can still attend it. You can still go on these ghost tours as we were talking about earlier, haunted tours, however you want to call them. Should we put it on the bucket list? Yeah. Well, well, you said earlier you don't think you're ever going to make it to San Diego.
1: Well, but yeah, you never say never, I guess, huh?
0: That's true. That's true. Now, the Velisca House, that's another story altogether. Yes. Now, that's, that's something that's very doable, shorter drive than the Sally House. So um, are you feeling Maybe kind of, tough. are you going to be leery about it, though, Mike? Yeah, I know you mentioned it briefly a couple minutes ago. Do you, <sighs> I'm
1: i am not leery about it? Are you anything? hesitant?
0: Maybe that's a better word. Are you hesitant?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not. Not worried about anything bad happening, it's just going to be a there's going to be times of a possible emotional roller coaster that I just hope it doesn't last for too long. <laughs> you know, it'll be good, it'll be great. I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, oh man, the things I imagine doing there,
0: oh god, um. Know. Please keep me at a safe distance when you when that thought goes through your brain. The things I imagine doing there, Yeah. I'm just like, well, whoa, yeah. what?
1: Um, yeah. no, you know what I'll do? I'll lock you up in that attic part and just let you just stay in there by yourself in the dark.
0: You'll find me quivering in the corner. I <laughs> just uh, find
1: you dead in a oh. fetal position <laughs> <laughs> underneath that Amityville horror window. Oh goddamn! No shit. <laughs> Now, Mike, final thoughts
0: on the Whaley house. Um, Is there something about the location that perhaps, I mean, again, I love putting this on you. Uh, No pressure. I love these weighted questions. Is there something about that property, something about that land that maybe affects the house, the people in it itself? Or did all of the tragic occurrences, the family history, the sadness, overall emotional weight that has gone down in that house, is that what is causing some of these alleged hauntings to continue to this day, or something else entirely?
1: I I think it's a combination of a number of things, and then uh, you know that is one. Who knows? You know, is it is a uh, is there a limestone bedrock underneath the house? You know, is there? Yo, thank you for you saying know, that because underground that, water or whatever. That
0: is one thing I read earlier today that I had no idea that this was true. Uh, supposedly. This is built on top of a cemetery, supposedly. I read that mm. earlier today. I would never heard that before. I need to do a little more deep dive on on that possibility. But that that yeah. opens up a whole different ball of wax.
1: There. Sure, it does. Yeah, I mean that could be. Well, the movie Poltergeist, <laughs> you know, just fills the house with spirits, and yeah, I that's that would have to be an awfully old cemetery.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I get and. Also, just to correct myself, I think I should should have said that opens up an entirely different can of worms. It doesn't open up a different ball of wax. <laughs> That's an entirely different ball of wax yeah. that opens up a different can of worms. So yeah, well, you could have a ball of wax, but that would require know. some uh, some deep dive into the background of that locale for sure to see if that if there's any legit, you know, yeah. truth behind this. Because again, I didn't, I had never heard of that before when it comes to the Whaley House. But my gosh. I mean, you've seen the movie Poltergeist. I mean, what the hell happens when you're buried on top of a flipping cemetery?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Great movie.
0: Oh, Mike, Mm. by the way, there's a reason I brought that up. It fits perfectly. I think that would be a great topic for our next Patreon commentary and breakdown is the Poltergeist movies. Maybe even start off with Poltergeist Part 2, your favorite
1: one. Oh, God, yes. Part 2 would have to be included in that.
0: I think that'd be a good idea.
1: I would love that. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yep, some of my favorite movies. That first one still is. It's just classic classic you don't Steven want to see Spielberg. The last and,
1: one they made though.
0: No, I've never bothered. I don't I honestly don't have any interest in it, but uh the yeah, first two, man, can't go done. wrong with them. Cannot go wrong. Well, Mike, thanks for making this work, man. Whoa, <laughs> I just <laughs> unplugged my uh my headphones so I can't hear myself, but that's okay. Mike, talk while I un- while I hook my headphones <laughs> yeah, gosh, up. My,
1: my, my... Yeah, I hope he you're is talking now because I can't taking his Nope. There he goes, putting it back on. Okay. All right, that.
0: here, I'm back. I'm back. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're professionals here. I, I literally ripped well. the cord out of my headphones. That was great. But we persevered. Be, persevered. Yeah, it's time to wrap it up when I can't speak anymore. So We
1: did persevere.
0: I guess we should have, according to that we logic, carried we could on and have, carried uh, through. according to my logic, we should have then ended about an hour and 13 minutes ago because I couldn't speak this entire episode. of that, So <laughs> Well again, you if you guys want to um if you want to support us, please check out the Patreon page. Uh the content's growing and growing by leaps and bounds, and we're having a blast with it. We'd love to see you guys there. Mike, thanks for making this work, my friend. It seems like mm-hmm. it seems like it's been too long. Uh, but we'll be back ripping and roaring and rocking and rolling next week for another new episode of Paranomaly Zone. Until then, my right. buddy, my pal, good friend oh mine, what do our awesome fellow zoners need
1: to do? They need to peace out.